This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, people like to, as I wanted to say, people like to romanticize about the Jewish people, about Abraham. They like to romanticize about Abraham, like to romanticize about Jewish people. I guarantee you that the, the summer blitzers have no romantic feelings about the Jewish people. <laughs> they, they understand totally. If you're far away from them, you can easy to do that. And the same way with Abraham. If you get far away from Abraham, you can romanticize about Abraham. And you can say, oh, such a great, righteous man as Abraham. But God said, no, I don't want you, God was speaking now to the Jewish people. He said, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. And so I'm going to I'm going to rehearse for you what you should say. I'm going to put the words in your mouth and you say these words. And this is Deuteronomy 26:5. Deuteronomy 26:5. God says, "Thou shalt speak and say," Moses was telling the people. "Thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God." Here's what you're supposed to say. A Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became a nation great, mighty, and, and populous. So God was teaching the Jewish people, you say this when you get before God. I mean, Moses was teaching the Jewish people. You say this, you go before God and you say, Lord, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. A Syrian of all people, a Syrian. Do you know how hard it is for, for a Jewish person to say the word Assyrian, ready to perish, not even a, anyway, not even, anyway. was my father. I mean, the Syrians, which, which, which came from the Assyrians, but the Syrians, even the Syrians of today, they have been the most brutal enemy of the Jewish people. The Jewish people have never faced an enemy like the Syrians. Of, during the Six-Day War in 1967, of all the Israeli soldiers that were taken as POWs during the Six-Day War, that were taken as POWs by Syria, not one of them came back sane. 
They all were insane from the torture that they were put to. The Syrians were the ones who invented crucifixion. It wasn't the Romans, the Assyrian. Syrians came from them. And so for a Jewish person to say, a Syrian ready to perish with my father is like the Jewish person saying, a Nazi. No, it's lighter to say, a Nazi was my father. So it's very hard to say that. But but you see how that cuts right across pride, kind of like being led to the Lord by someone who's the age of your grandchild. But you, but and so you say, you know, it's really it's really along the lines of saying when you get saved, I came to the Lord as a dirty, rotten sinner. I mean, you know, that's hard to say also. So it's a good thing for us to think back about what we were saved from, and that's what he's saying here. In Isaiah 51.1, look to Abraham the hole of the pit from which you were digged. That's what he's talking there. And, we, and then when you do that, we'll come away with a very low opinion of ourselves, which is a good thing, and with a very high opinion of God's grace. Kind of goes like that. Low opinion of self, high opinion of God. And that's a personal value of doing what God says, look unto Abraham. And so we're going to look at Abraham now in, in Genesis 12 here, but First of all, before we do, we want to consider more about that, uh, that statement in Isaiah 51 too. I called him alone. It's very important what God said. I called him alone. There's a couple of points that come right off of that. Just like Jacob in Bethel, God called Jacob alone. He was all alone. He had nothing. He was running away from his life from Esau. So God called Abraham all alone. And against all obstacles, Abraham and Jacob, they became a multitude of millions of people. But, the, but when God called him there, he had no children. He had no children. And so there was this sudden change in, in the situation, and that's why God refers to the increase in the Jewish people as in another place in Isaiah 66, 8, as who hath heard such a thing, who hath seen such a thing, shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? That's the Jewish people. A nation be born at once. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Now, another concept here is when he said, I called him alone, because that's because what we see here in God's call to Abraham is that he told these things to Abraham alone. There's no indication that he told Sarah these things here. And, and this is a concept that a person's spiritual life is measured by the, 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 the quality of his alone relationship with God. Abraham was great because Abraham had a great relationship with God. And not in a church, not in a group, but alone with God. That's why Abraham was great. And God spoke about how he, he knew Abraham, and he said in Genesis 18, 19, talking about God, knowing Abraham, and he said, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And then when God called Abraham, it says, but thou art, but thou Israel, I'm sorry, this is Isaiah 41.8, Isaiah 41.8, God said, but thou Israel art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Wow. That's not very often that God calls somebody his friend. But he says that in Isaiah 41.8, Abraham, my friend, my friend. 
Oh, wouldn't you love to God to say that about you? Wouldn't you like to say, you, my friend? And when you see God calling Abraham, my friend, that may, you know, the, 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 to say, I want to do that. Now, let's see how Abraham's friendship with God started out in, in this first verse in, in uh, Genesis 12, Genesis 12, 1. It says, the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto land that I'll show you. His friendship with God started off with a call of separation. That's what he's saying here. Separate yourself. So the first thing that he got, God looks at Abraham, he says, Abraham, I will have, I'm a jealous God, I will have no competition in, in, in your life for your attention and your affection. So he's saying separate, just like God looks at us and he says, I will not have any competition for your attention and your affection. So God calls Abraham to separate himself for what competed with his attention and, and his love, like his country, like his relatives, like his father's house. So Abraham has to make this decision. He's gotta make a decision here. Do you love God more? Than, and that's why the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 10, 37, Matthew 10, 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. See, those, the, the, the key there is more than me, more than me. See, so the choice of this competition is what we're talking about. And he made it even stronger, the Lord Jesus did, when he said in Luke 14, 26, Luke 14, 14 26, he said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children, and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So we're talking about a choice here. We're talking about a competition here. And so when it comes down to the choice in a competition, then the choice is clear. So in, in Luke 14, 33, Luke 14, 33, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he can't be my disciple. So when Abraham hears God say, get thee out, of thy country and thy kindred and thy father's house. That's kind of like the same as Peter hearing the Lord say these, uh, look at the fish that he, that he just caught. And he says in, in John 21, 15, John 21, 15, when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jodas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And then there, and then he went on and, repeated it three times. It really disturbed Peter in John 21, 16 and 17. Now, what the Lord was saying to Peter was that, you love me? Do you really love me? Then you show me what you are willing to sacrifice for me. And that's exactly what the Lord is saying to Abraham. Abraham, do you love me? Show me. Show me by, by your willingness to sacrifice your people, your family, your country. You're separating yourself to go to Canaan. So what we see here is that love is measured by the cost. Well, how much does it cost? It's a searching question. Do we love the Lord Jesus? What does it cost us to love the Lord Jesus? And that's the same challenge that happened to Abraham. It's the same challenge that happened to Lot and his family in that tragic, well, it was good for Lot, not so good for his wife. In Genesis 19.15, Genesis 19.50, 
Sodom was a nice place, maybe like San Diego. It's 1950 when the morning arose and the angels hastened Lot saying, arise, take thy wife, thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, Lot was said, I, wait a minute, I gotta think about this a little bit. While he lingered, the men laid hold of that he said, and, and get this, he said, escape for thy life. That's what the angel said to Lot and his wife and his daughters. Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, oh, not so, my Lord. Now, wait a minute. That statement does not fly. You should take a pencil, and you either mark out the not so or the my Lord, because you cannot have the not so, my Lord. That doesn't match. It's either going to be it's gonna be so, my Lord, or it's gonna be not so, and you have to cross out my Lord. But anyway, that's what he said. That was a problem. Not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I died. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto. It's a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. He said unto him, see, I've accepted thee concerning this thing also, and I'll not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Therefore, the name of the city is called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth. Oh, that's something. Do you realize that today, that in Israel, that in the place where there was the Sodom, they mined potash today from that rain that came out of heaven? So this whole passage here in Genesis 19:17 and Genesis 19 here can all be summed up by these words, escape for thy life. Escape for thy life. So this call to Abraham was like was not like, well, Abraham, you know, if you're sort of interested, yeah, yeah, you know, you might go over there to, to Canaan. No, this was a call to Abraham of escape for thy life. It's the same as the gospel call. It's an escape. The gospel call is an escape for thy for thy life. You know, it's last week I was at a, uh, in the doctor's office. I frequent doctor's offices, but anyway, I was in a doctor's office building in the elevator, and I got in, and there was four people in the elevator, and 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 the 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 man there, he was helping, he said, what button do you want, okay. So then I, I said to the people, I said, my pastor used to do this, I learned from him, he said, I said, will your last trip be up or down? <laughs> and, and then he said, the man said to me, oh, it will be what it will be, and you can't change it. And I said, oh, no, but yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can decide to either receive or reject the Lord Jesus Christ, and that determines whether your last trip's gonna be up or down. So, so the gospel call is for a person to escape for thy life, and each person alone makes that decision. No human makes that decision for anyone. God doesn't make that decision for anyone, and, and, and it, it's, it's the person himself, and he benefits or he doesn't benefit from the decision he makes, and he, or he's destroyed. Because that's what it says in Proverbs 9.12. In Proverbs 9.12, it says, if thou be wise, in other words, if you receive Christ, you're wise. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shall bear it. The gospel call is a call to escape for thy life. Abraham left, and he didn't turn back. He wasn't like Lot's wife. No looking back. Lot's wife, she looked back with a longingness, and she became a pillar of salt. 
she alone bore it. She lost her life. The Lord Jesus Christ gave a very strong warning about that in Luke 17, 32. Luke 17, 32, when he said, remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. So here he is, Abraham. At this point, he's faced with this dilemma. Am I really gonna do this? I'm gonna leave my family. I'm gonna leave my friends. I'm gonna leave my, my country. And, 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 or, or am I gonna let them stand between me and God? In, in, in essence, what he was saying was what we just sung, nothing between my soul and the Savior, not of this world's delusive dreams. I have renounced all sinful pleasure Jesus is mine. There's nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior so this blessed face may be seen, nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear. Let nothing be nothing between. And if we asked Abraham, how were you able to do that? How could you do that? I mean, didn't you love your family? Didn't you love your country? Didn't you love your people? Did they bring joy to your heart? And he would say, yes, but I had to choose between them and God. And, and I chose God. Fade, fade, each earthly joy. Jesus is mine. Break each tender tie. Jesus is mine. So, so Abraham could not be set apart for God until he set himself, uh, until he separated himself to God. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. He, he, he couldn't. He, he could not be set apart for God until he separated himself to God. And the same is true for us. The same is true for us. Now, we look at verse one, where it says, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of the country. When it says that, the Lord had said unto Abram, that means that God had spoken to Abram before. It said the Lord had said. And we're not, and, and we're not told here in this part, uh, in Genesis 12, about, about those circumstances, but we have some details about it in, in all places in the book of Acts, and, and, and Stephen is about to be martyred. It's his last words before he dies. And he talked about this in Acts 7, verse 2. Acts 7, verse 2, Stephen explained, gave more detail than we have here in Genesis when he said, Man, brethren, and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. So that would be in Ur of the Chaldees. And said unto him, Get thee out of the country from thy kindred, from come out of the land I'll show thee. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans, dwelt in Haran, from then went thence when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein you now dwell, and he gave him none inheritance. So from Stephen we get detail. From Stephen we learn that Abraham saw the God of glory. We don't see that in Genesis, but this is what happened. Stephen tells us that Abraham saw the God of glory, and it was at that time that God told Abraham, leave. God appeared to Abraham and told him to leave. So when it says in verse one that the Lord had said, that shows how, how, how Abraham had already heard that message in the past of, from when we come to Genesis 12, one here. But it also shows when it says the Lord said it to Abraham, Abraham's faith was centered in a person. Faith is centered in Jehovah Jesus, and there's an emphasis there. There's an emphasis in Acts 20, 21 on the same point. Acts 20, 21 says that he was testifying both of the Jews and also the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward 
our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is always toward the Lord Jesus Christ. People talk about the Muslim faith and the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. That's nothing because true faith is in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. True faith is not in a religion. And, you know, like one time, I, would, I think I may have told you this, but I took this seat on a flight that I was going. This big, big African-American man was sitting next to me. He was like a giant. And I was like a midget. And so I sat down in the, in the plane, and I was all tired. And I said, praise the Lord. And, and, and he leans over me like a giant cloud. He leans over me, and he says, and he had that deep voice, and who might that Lord be? <laughs> I was scared. I said, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, uh, all right now. <laughs> faith is always centered in a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham's faith was centered in the Lord who spoke to him. Like the hymn says, my faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever living one, his wounds for me shall plead. Okay, so his command comes in verse one. Get thee out. Very, very uh, famous words in Hebrew. Lech lecha means go, you go. Go, you go. It's very direct. So the first call to Abraham is to go and, and, and separate, as we said. It separates, true faith separates. And so he's looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, of his faith, as it says in Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12.2. All right. And then he's, he's thinking, anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Anywhere he leads me in this world below. Now, that's how Abraham leaves his country and his father's house and his relatives all behind, because he'd come to love God, and he was choosing God over them. But he knew that if he left, he'd have God with him. That's what he wanted. But he knew if he didn't go, he wouldn't have God with him, and so they make his choice. Now, it's interesting about what God told him about the land here. Because he, he did, do you see that in verse one there? When it says, when, when he gives him the call to leave there, does he tell him in verse one that he's gonna give him the land? He doesn't, he said, I wanna show it to you. He says, he, 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 he doesn't tell, he doesn't really tell him anything about the land and he doesn't, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't come up with a sales job and say, Abraham, have I got a land for you? This is a land that's, oh, it's the most beautiful land you've ever seen. Oh, the waterfalls, the lakes, the mountains. Oh, half a million birds take their migration over there. You're going to love this land. It's more, it's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. He doesn't say any of that. No sales pitch to Abraham. Just simply come to a land I want to show you. I mean, he didn't promise to give him the land at this point. And when did God promise to give him the land? In verse seven, thy seed will I give this land. So how did Abraham know that the land was gonna be so wonderful that he should do this? Because it was God who was saying, I wanna show you this land. So God makes this promise to Abraham. He said, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You're gonna be a blessing. So when Abraham is called to leave his own country and he's promised he's gonna be don't worry, Abraham, you're leading, leaving your, your nation, but I'll make you a leader of another nation. And God called Abraham to a place where you, you're gonna, you, I know you're gonna be a nobody. I know you're gonna show up there and they're gonna say, Abraham who? We'd never heard of you before. But God said, don't worry. In verse three, I will make your name great and thou shalt be a blessing. See, God told Abraham he was gonna be great by being a blessing to others. The greatness would come to be a blessing to others. 
That's that's true of us. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.